I'm reminded of where we left off last week. And it was with this thought, can God move our mountains? So I want to refresh that for just a minute with you because I think we need the reminder again today of what we learned last week. So I need those of y'all that were here with us to help the rest of the group that may not have been here with us last week to answer the question, guys, can God move our mountains? Okay, so many of y'all have had a donut already this morning, and I know it settles in, and you get sleepy, and you can't go to sleep just yet. I just started preaching. So I need your help one more time to refresh everybody else. Y'all got to remember, people watch us online. Like right now, there's people that aren't in the room, and they can't hear you. So when, when you answer like that, what they think happens is that I say, can come to your mountains, and they hear this. So we've got to wake them up because they may be eating a donut right now. So are you ready? Can God move our mountains? Yes. Okay. Because I think we need that refreshment every day. That God can move your mountains. That he is big enough and strong enough to not just acknowledge that you have mountains in your life, but that he can move them when we ask him to do so. That's a promise that Christ gives us in scripture. So this morning, I want to start by saying a couple of things. Number one is this. Last week, our friends down south had something tragic happen. Um, in the middle of their services, out of nowhere, a man showed up, and he, he was evil. And Satan used him to cause devastation. And we can have a response. We can. And frankly, you had it, you just don't know it. Because one is to trust that God knows everything and that he can take care of us. Or the opposite is we can worry. Now, I want you to know something. We inside the office took it very seriously. We spent all week trying to plan out how do we become a stronger church so that when you come into worship service, you come in ready just to focus on worshiping Jesus. That's our goal. Your goal is to do this. Give it to Jesus. Give it to him. What happened last Sunday down south was a mountain was grown. And that mountain is a mountain called worry. And a lot of people, frankly, are not in church today because they would rather worry than worship. And that's your opportunity today. Today is your opportunity to give everything you have over to Jesus. So before we really get into the text, I want to just talk through a couple of things that I think are centralistic to where we're going today. The first is this, and it's going to be on the screen. It's not in your notes, but if you have a pen handy, you might write this down. The first is this, worry is inner turbulence without immediate influence. Worry is inner turbulence without immediate influence. Here's what that means. Worry doesn't have to be really close to you. It can be completely separated from you and you still experience it. So there's a difference, and we're going to talk through this two Sundays from now, between worry and fear. Worry is when something is far away and not happening to you, but you act like it is. Fear is when you're in the midst of it and you react to it. So today we're going to deal with worry because I think worry stops the Christian life from really taking over some mountains that should be just absolutely demolished in front of it. So today let's talk worry. The second is this, worry is trusting our gut rather than trusting our God. Worry is trusting our gut rather than trusting our God. 
So worry is always found in a lack of worship. When worship is done at its highest level, worry cannot be around it. That's how it works. And so today I'm inviting you to look at our mountains, to look at the mountain of worry, and to ask God to move it. So I want you to join me in Scripture today. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6. If you don't have your Bible, there is a pew Bible in front of you. It's page 759 in your pew Bible if you would like to join us there. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6. You know, it's interesting as Paul writes to the church of Philippi, what was really happening to this group at the time. You see, Philippi wasn't having an absence of trouble. If anything, they were the poster child of trouble. you got to remember these early churches, although God's doing some amazing things in them, were experiencing amazing amounts of persecution and ridicule. They were being tried for their walks. They were always at odds with their culture. And so when we see the early churches, we tend to feel like we identify very closely where, in fact, we're given such privilege to live in a country Thanks, God, uh, for you folks that served in the military for this very thing, that we can worship Jesus openly. So these people are, are not the same. Worshiping Jesus would cost you something in Philippi. And so as Paul is writing this church, he's encouraging them. In fact, he's encouraged by their faith. And when we get to Philippians chapter 4, we see something that we do have in common. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says this, Don't worry about anything. But, what does it say? In everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Can I just tell you, this may be one of the harder scriptures to live out in Christian faith. It just is, because we don't give everything to God. We would rather worry than worship a lot of times. I mean, that's our calling card, really. If you really think about it, we like to worry a whole lot. In fact, we applaud worrying. You may not think about it, but someone says, man, I've been up all night thinking about how to handle this. And we go, that's a go-getter right there. We don't realize that behind that statement is devastation. Physical, relational. But we applaud the worriers of our world, and we just simply say to them, somebody's got to worry about this. It might as well be. And you can insert their name here. Because we love worrying. Worrying makes us feel alive. When in fact, we can prove now through science that worrying takes our lives. Worrying causes our DNA to change. It causes the molecular mechanisms of our brain to change over. It produces things in our body that kills us off. So why is it that we're so prone to worry? I think there's something to be said about the fact that we, we really think that if we worry, it changes things. Corey Tim Boom, at the end of her life, was in California at a church. And she stayed there the rest of her life. And as she was there, people would ask her to speak from time to time. And something devastating had happened uh, in the country, and they asked her to speak. And so she got up and she shared her testimony of being in a concentration camp for taking care of Jews, she and her family, and losing most of her family. I think, in fact, she was the only one that came out of the camps alive. She shared all of this, and then she simply stated at the very end of her testimony, worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It empties today of strength. 
Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It empties today of strength. Listen, let's heed her warning in our lives today. As we look at this scripture, let's really listen in to what God has to tell us about worry. And that it's a mountain that we don't have to live by. We don't even have to experience. We should be able to give everything to God. And this is a part of the Lordship of Christ in our lives. It's the part of letting God have everything. The first it says in the scripture is we are to lay our worry aside. We're to lay it aside. This is the first step, but I believe it may be the hardest. Because worry, we want to control it. Have you ever seen someone that has a, a big cat on a, on a chain? I remember one time going to Six Flags. We had season passes. And you could take a picture with a lion at Six Flags. They had it on two chains. Anyways, they had it on chains. And they had this lion down, like just crouched down like this. And I remember thinking, even as like an elementary school kid, I'm not doing that. Because I don't know if you've been to like a theme park like this and seen the students that run the rides. They were the same students holding the lion. I was like, <laughs> no. And they're like, oh, we've sedated the lion. I'm like, who checks that? Who checks to make sure it's still like chill? Every once in a while somebody come and poke the lion and go, it's still good. Come on over. Like there was people just like laying down, taking pictures with the lion, like holding its mouth. I was like, dude. You're just, like, you're on the edge, brother. Like, that's like jumping out of a plane holding a parachute. It may not work out for you. Like, I remember hearing all this, and then there's a theme park in Florida that had gators. And you could take a picture with a gator. The gator handler would open the gator's mouth, and you'd stick your head in and take a picture. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Nope. You know why? I like my head. I like to breathe. <laughs> I, I just, I think it's crazy. But see, then I heard that someone was taking a picture with a Jaguar and got mauled by it. You know what I did? I went, ha, <laughs> told you. I, I didn't tell him. I was not there. But in my mind, we all do this, right? We all tell the world, we told you so. We told you so. I don't think worry is, is so different than common sense. Like, here's the thing. If, if you're worried that you're going to, like, close your hand in your car door. Anybody ever done that? That's a real special moment, isn't it? Um, don't put your hand in the car door. Don't be like, whoo, <laughs> not today. Get your hands away. We teach our kids this, don't we? Don't put your hand there. You're going to smash your fingers. Then what happens when they smash their fingers? What do we say? Told you so. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, I'd cry for you too, but I told you so, right? That's a good parenting moment too, isn't it? Where next week we're going to talk about pride. That's going to be an awesome moment. Anyways, uh, but the told you so moments are so good for us. But see, this is worry. Worry is a moment where we keep regurgitating all the stuff we shouldn't, and God keeps telling us, I told you so. This isn't the way I called you to live. You shouldn't act like this. You shouldn't be experiencing this. I told you so. Give me your worry. Set it aside. You don't have to be like this. This is not the life I called you to. You ever experienced that with someone where you've asked them to do something and you gave them like instructions on how to do it? You say, this is how I want you to do it. 
If you do it this way, it's going to be awesome. And they come back and they're all beat up. And you go, told you so. I mean, I, I just got to think this is one of the areas where God has instructions for us. He just tells us right here through Paul's letter to the Philippians, it still breathes into us because all Scripture is God-breathed. So that means this, as Paul's writing this, he may have held the pen. Actually, we know that Paul really didn't, someone else did. But as he's writing, God's inspiring God's using that pen, and he's going, oh, you just wait. Amarillo, Texas, 2017, this is going down. And so here it is. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. How's that going for you? I, I struggle with this. This is one of those sermons I'm going to have to go back and listen to time and time again. Because I like to worry. It makes me feel alive. It makes me go, oh, at least I'm thinking about it. You ever worried yourself to the point of going, I'm being ridiculous? Like, let's just, let's be honest. Y'all ready for the real moment? You came to church today, but you might have worried a little, right? I mean, we saw what happened down south, so there's something in us that makes us go, do we need to worry about when we show up here? The reality is, it can happen at Walmart. It can happen walking across the street. It can happen in your home. It could happen anywhere. So now aren't you all worried? Now you want to be here, don't you? Lock the doors. But, I mean, this is the reality. So we can worry ourselves completely to where we become absolutely useless. The problem is even a little bit of worry makes us very worthless in the grand scheme of God things. We need to be moved by God. We need to be consumed by him. And so a step of that is giving away our worry. We just got to give it away. And then it says this, put everything in the file of prayer and petition. Put everything in the file of prayer and petition. Listen to what he says. But in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I want to tell you the difference between prayer and petition. Prayer is this. Prayer is a prayer before God. It's talking to God and saying, God, we need you. God, I, I want to see something. Petition is under duress. Prayer is open, petitions under duress. So no matter what stage you are in your conversation with God, put it all in the same file and give it all to him at the same time. So here's the question. Is there anything you can't pray to God about? That, that's a good answer. Let's try it again. Is there anything that you can't pray to God about? That's right. There is nothing you can't take before God. Here's the thing. God may not say yes. Now, you can go to God and pray and say, God, I want a million dollars. 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 And God may go, go to work. Save your money. Quit, you know, quit buying fancy cars. Go sell your home. Save some. Like, there's so much that God wants to move in us. There's things that he's saying to us, and you can pray about it. Here's the thing. Can God answer that prayer? Yeah, he can. But we can take everything to God in prayer. Everything. There's nothing off the table for God. In fact, I think we have a small version of who God is. When I was young, I remember they came out with these little micro men. I had micro machines. There were these little cars that I could carry a whole lot more together when I traveled. And then they made these little micro men. They didn't fit in the cars. They were just like next to them. So I started collecting them. Had a village of them. Micro men. And I, I remember seeing them and going, you know how big I am compared to these little guys? 
Like I'd set them down and just Godzilla through them. Don't judge me, y'all would have done it too. I, I just, ah, I'm huge, and I'd kick the cars over. I'd pick up the plane and go, ah, y'all are judging me. It's okay, I'm not worried. Anyways, um, but I remember just doing huge. Well, why is it that when we pray to God, we see him smaller than us? As though he's like Jiminy Cricket, rather than a holy God that hears our prayers, that makes the world, that speaks over us. The same God that carved the mountains knows your heart. And the greatest part about it is this, even before you pray it, he knows it. He knows it. The greatest part of prayer is this, I believe that prayer is acknowledging what God already knows. It's like when we pray for you, and, and we do that as a staff, every Monday morning we gather and we pray for the church and we lift you up. If we know your prayer need, we lift you up. And man, it's just such a, a blessing to get to do that. But God, I tell you, even before we pray your name out, God is already at work. We're just agreeing with him. We don't have to ask him to do something and ask him to move. God's already mobile. God already knows. God is already doing it. So we're just in agreement with him. God, would you speak over the health of this person? I'm doing it. God, would you just move? God, would you bless our team as they're away in Ethiopia? Aren't he on it? God is already on the move. We just get to agree with him. So when you bring your prayers and petitions to God, he's already at work. Let's keep reading the scripture. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God gives us peace in exchange for worry. He has to start with this getting rid of worry first so he can exchange it for peace. And what the funniest part about that is, we feel like if we fill up our life with worry, it makes us complete. God's like, that's not the case. Peace makes you complete. That's only something that God can give. And you can search for it, and we have friends that search for it. They had all the world to give them peace. But only God can bring it. God is the peace puzzle peace in everybody's life. That's what he desires to do. In 1988, there is a, a man, about 86, a man walked by this poster of this guru that was coming into the United States. And on the the sign that had a slogan, and he went back home, and he sat down with some friends, and they wrote a song. And in 88, it came out, don't worry, be happy. Y'all remember this? In every life, you have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Man, if you were around in the 80s, everybody was humming that song. You know why? It played all the time, everywhere. Even if you didn't like music, you heard it. And what's funny about that is this. Happened in the 80s. Our students today still hear that song on loop. You know why? Because there's something in us that wants to be happy. We just don't know how to do it. But the very basis of this song is the truth from Scripture today. When you put worry at the forefront, the happiness of God can't be found. We can either worry or worship. There is no other way. So today we have that opportunity, and Paul ends this thought before he goes into some final thinkings for this, uh, for this letter by saying this, the peace that God gives us guards our hearts and minds. You can't do it. That's why you can't just lay worry aside. That's why we need Jesus to be a part of our lives. You know, every Sunday, I hope you've heard that we need Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Hope that every Sunday you get that challenge to know him personally. 
But this is one of those reasons why. Because you can go through your whole personal life and never get rid of the things that are holding you down. Worry can stay at your home with you today. It wants to. Worry wants to embed itself in the life of your family. And that's what will happen. Your worry today will become your family's the next day. The next day it will become your offices. The next day it will become your school. The next day it will become national. The next day international. Don't you know there's things we worry about that God just shakes his head and goes, oh, these people, they worry about so much that I'm already in charge of. Like, here's one. Have you ever heard that if the earth turned off axis, that we would freeze? Y'all ever heard this? That if the earth spun just a little bit faster, the oceans would overtake the land? Have y'all heard this? Have you heard that if the earth turned the other axis, we would burn up? Isn't that amazing? We're all on an axis. So quit gaining weight on one side of the world. Right? We get too heavy, we're just going to make everything happen. See, I grew up hearing a different song being played in my life. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 We got some good theology as kids. The problem is we grew out of it. We grew up and we, we took the world and we put it in our hands. And so the song now goes, I've got the whole world in my hands. I've got the whole, oh, what did I do to it? Oh, okay. I've got the whole world. In, oh, don't, wait. Oh, I've got the whole, you never sing the song. But as much as we think we hold on to things, I can assure you, it's never been your hands holding it. We can worry about a million things in our lives. And we can make a list of our worry things. But I can assure you, as much as you think you control it, and as much as you think you have control, there have never been your handprints on any of it. It's always been God's. So let me invite you today to do something with your worry. Put it back in the hands of the one that it belongs to. Give it to him. Because then the next step happens and something great takes place. You give him your worry and he interjects his peace. And then what happens next is he starts to guard your heart and your mind. And I got to tell you, those are two things that will absolutely deceive you. You ever heard it? I'm just following my heart. Well, you're wrong. I really got my mind set on this. Well, that's, that's a cliff. And no, you can't jump at evil Knievel, right? They'll deceive you, so we need some guarding. We need some change. And we need to lay our worry aside. I, I believe today that God's called on us to put our worry at the altar. I believe he wants us to lay it down. And so I'm going to invite you to end this time together. We're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to do that every Sunday. You know why? Because I believe that God still wants to speak over people's hearts. And I think we need to respond to it. Does God have the ability to move your mountains? Then let him. Let him move this mountain. Let him have it for once. Give it completely to him and see what he does next. He makes a promise. 
Don't worry about anything. But in everything through prayer and petition. That's what we need to do now. With thanksgiving. Be thankful. God's about to do something. Let your request be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought. You catch that? Will guard your hearts and your minds. Do you believe that God can move your mountain? Then let him have it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that we can't get rid of this mountain of worry in our life without you taking your place. So God, it's always been yours. Lord, every step of this has been yours. God, you're holy and you're amazing. You're powerful and you're mighty. So God, we pray this morning that we would see this mountain of worry before us and we would not try and slay it on our own. We're incapable. All we can do is fall at your feet today and say, I can't get rid of this mountain of worry in my life, but you can. You can and you will, and we're thankful that that's what's going to happen today. Lord, we need you in our lives because only you can slay our mountains. So, Father God, I pray today that your spirit would fall. And, God, that we would be in awe of what you're about to do. God, you can move mountains. So, Father, today we lay them down before you and we don't pick them up again. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds. But, Lord, do that through the peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, we need Jesus. So may he come and change our lives today. Lord, that's our prayer. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.